You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Before we read the scripture, how many of you, be honest, went crazy with snow Thursday night? Anybody get crazy? <laughs> Uh, I think San Antonio went a little crazy with the snow, didn't we? Didn't we? Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, how many of you built a snowman? Let me see your hands, all right? All right. Uh, and it lasted for how long? Maybe 30 minutes? I don't know. Probably didn't last very long. Uh, but it was fun while it lasted, right? It was fun while it lasted. Well, praise God for snow. Maybe got some of us in the Christmas spirit, right? Amen. Well, today we're starting a brand new Christmas sermon series. Actually, it would be for today and then next Sunday, and then on the 24th, Christmas Eve, the glory of Christmas. The reason I chose this is as I was studying these uh, Christmas uh, uh, passages a few months ago, I noticed that there was something consistent in the various aspects of the Christmas story, whether I was reading Gospel of Matthew, uh, or the Gospel of Luke, or the Gospel of John, or even the Old Testament prophetic versions that we oftentimes use in the Christmas story of Isaiah and, and others as well. I notice something that's consistent along those stories is I see the glory of God. I see the glory of God. And today we're going to look at, at the first time, well, one of the, one of the instances that the glory of God is mentioned during this Christmas story, and it's in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, this is John's version and his uh, perception of what happened on that first Christmas morning. And he says this in verse 14. The Word became flesh. Now, who's the Word? Jesus, that's right. The Word, Jesus, became flesh. What does that mean? Uh, He's talking about Christmas. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So John says this. He says, we've seen the glory of the Word. What are you talking about? The glory of Jesus. That's what he's talking about. We've seen his glory. This incredible, miraculous birth that came from heaven to earth. You may say Jesus. You may say Jesus. You may say Yeshua. But he is the Son of God who's come from heaven to earth. And it is here that, that he, he now, John says, this gift is full of grace and truth. Let's receive this gift. The glory of Christmas is God's gift of grace and truth. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are in your presence is blessing us in this place in a special way. We are here to bring glory and praise to you, Lord, as we get into the teaching of your word. Indeed, we believe that your word will come alive to us as always. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I heard a story about Santa Claus who was in a shopping mall, and he was very surprised that instead of a a young boys and girls who went up to his lap, he, he was about a a 20-something-year-old young lady who, who um, got on Santa's lap. He thought, well, this is a little bit older than a child, but okay. He went ahead and was going with the flow, and he says, what do you want for Christmas? And the young lady says, well, I want something for my mother, please. So um, 
that's very thoughtful of you, Santa Claus said to this young 20-something-year-old uh, young lady. Very thoughtful of you. So he was you know, congratulating her that she wasn't selfish. He says, well, tell me, young lady, what would you want me to bring your mother? And without pausing, the young lady says, bring her a millionaire son-in-law. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that, I think she was a little wise there, okay? Okay, before we get into John chapter 1, I wanted to throw out a couple of, uh, or maybe four uh, Christmas gift ideas. Anybody still shopping? I'm still shopping for Christmas, okay? So maybe you want to consider uh, some, uh, one of these items, okay? The first one is for the, the man who has everything. Uh, let's see this, okay? A 2018 calendar for the man who has everything. Give him a calendar to remind him when the payments are due, okay? Just, just a thought, okay? Okay, how about another gift idea? This is for the basketball wannabe stars. There we go. Throwing your marshmallows in a little basket before you drink it in your cho- hot chocolate, okay? How many think that's a cool gift? I think that's a cool gift, right? Yeah, got, got to make those marshmallows in there, and then that makes the, the drinking. How about this one, huh? How many of you live old-fashioned arcade games, but yet you have an iPad? You know, just, just put the iPad in there, and you have an Old-fashioned, that kind of mixes a young and old. Now, speaking about young and old, here's the last one. For those of you, this is a definite old-school, new-school. It's like the old-fashioned typewriter, but yet it has an iPad so that everything is, is in there. How many, I've never seen this. Face, how many of you have ever seen one of those things? Pr- pretty nifty, huh? Pretty nifty. Where you have, you, it's a little mixture of old-school and new-school. Uh, I'm always having trouble finding gifts for people. What is it that they would like, okay? Okay, now let's get into the message. I just wanted to help your Christmas shopping before we get into the message. So here in John chapter 1, we read that John says, the word became flesh. Christmas has taken place. The Son of God has come from heaven to earth. And the way he came is in glory. He describes it this way. He says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. So as I read about that, I've got to tell you, it's not the first time that we read in Scripture that God wants to or has sent his glory from heaven to earth. Not the first time. God oftentimes does that. The problem is sometimes we don't always receive the glory of God in the right fashion. Just like just like not everybody received Jesus when he was born in a humble manger. Not everybody received Jesus as a son of God 33 years later when he was taken to the cross. Likewise, not everybody receives the glory of God. Let me give you a few examples. In Isaiah chapter 6, we read the story of how Isaiah encountered the glory of God. Let me read it to you from verse number one. In the, king, the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, 
the Lord Almighty. So what is taking place here? The glory of God was present there. The glory of God was coming upon Isaiah. And what was his response? Woe to me. Why did he respond that way? Because truth was hitting him. When you encounter the glory of God, you encounter the truth of God. Truth encountered him. He says, wait a minute, I'm I'm unclean. I fall short of the glory of God. I am a sinful man. That's truth. We all should respond in truth when we encounter the glory of God. But can I tell you the good news? Grace comes alongside truth. That's what John says in John 1.14, that Jesus came with grace and truth. So let's read the next verse. We're in Isaiah 6, and verse 6 is the next verse. Then one of the seraphim uh, flew with me to a live coal in his hand, which he has taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Are you seeing what happened here? When the glory of God came, Isaiah encountered truth and then God's grace. Truth is saying, wait a minute, you need to get your life in order. There's sin in your life. You need to take care of this, my son, my daughter. And some people back away from that. Ooh, wait a minute, I don't want to hear that. But along with that, God sends his grace. He says, okay, I'm going to touch you, and I'm going I'm to take away your guilt. I'm going to take away your sin. Isn't that just like God? So the gift of the glory of Christmas is about the gift of truth and the gift of grace. Let's read another encounter of the glory of God. This one is found in Revelation chapter 1. It's written by the apostle John as he was writing this in a prophetic nature, looking ahead. And he says in verse 12 of Revelation 1, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He's talking about Jesus. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. And the hair on his head was like wool, as, as white as snow, and his eyes was, were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars coming out of his mouth, was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was shining like in all of his brilliance. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Amen. Now, I say that because John is prophetically looking ahead to the glory of God coming and revealing himself, and it is there that, how do you respond? It says, I fell at his feet. And you know what what Jesus says? Don't be afraid. Okay, you're encountering my glory. Okay, you're encountering my truth as God reveals it to us, but you don't need to be afraid. It is me. And I'm here to bring you eternal life. With truth comes grace. Are you getting the picture? Job chapter 42, another instance, the glory of God. Job says, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. So what is Job saying? I've seen your glory. I've seen you, Lord, and I've got to repent. That's the truth 
got to respond to God's truth. And saying this is, once again, I'm correlating this to the story of Christmas because we've got to encounter the truth, and that is Jesus Christ. And then, but we don't have to be afraid of the truth because it is Jesus, and he extends to us his grace. Ezekiel said this. Let's take a look at another encounter, Ezekiel 3.22. The hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, get up and go out of the plain, and I was... Uh, and there I will speak to you. So I got up, went out to the plain, and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I'd seen on the Kabar River, and I fell face down. Another, another instance where they just fell before God because they were beholding the glory of the Son of God. One more instance, the one last one is Exodus 20. Now this one happened when God was revealing to his people the Ten Commandments. Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the word from God. And when God was sending his word along with the word of God came the glory of God. But sometimes people get scared of the glory of God. And here in Exodus 20, immediately after, immediately after, we read about the Ten Commandments, the very next verse, verse 18. It says, when the people saw the thunder and lightning, and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. Wow. Here was the glory of God, and they stayed at a distance because they trembled with fear. My friend, does the glory of God come with truth? Yes. Do we have to tremble with fear? No, we don't have to tremble with fear. We receive the truth. And if the truth says you need to get your life in order, let's get our life in order. If the truth says you need to quit sinning, we need to quit sinning. If the truth of God's word says you got to change your ways, then you better change your ways. But the good news is God gives us that second chance. It's called grace. So truth says that you and I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Truth says that the wages of sin is death. Truth says that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I've noticed that many people don't want to show up to church. And some of them tell me, yeah, because I just don't want to hear the word of God. Why? They don't want to be convicted by the word of God, right? Because they know what the truth says. They know that with the word of God comes truth, but they forget that with that truth comes grace. Aren't you glad that God gives us truth and grace together? And that began when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. We've seen his glory, John says, full of grace and truth. Many people don't want to read the word of God because they're afraid of what the word of God may say because they might be convicted. Yeah. Come join the club. We all need to be convicted. It's the truth. It's the truth. But here's grace. Grace says that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you are extended the gift of forgiveness. Grace says that God extends to you his unmerited favor. Grace says that God is a God of a second chance. See, about 2,000 years ago or so, the world needed a second chance. The world was in political upheaval. There was a lot of unrest Politically, economically, socially, the world needed a savior. Kind of sounds like 2017. Yeah. 
the world in upheaval, political unrest, economic unrest. We need a Savior. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Now, let's take a look at the glory of God. Three quick observations. Number one, the glo- God's glory is revealed in Jesus. God's glory is revealed in Jesus. So we read here, we're in John chapter 1. You begin with verse number 1 of John chapter 1, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's the Word, once again? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. You've got to be careful about that, you know, uh, I when I talked to you and I've taught you before about the cults and false religions because in the Jehovah's Witness Bible, the New World uh, Version, they change one word in John chapter 1 verse 1 and it changes the meaning because in their version, it reads, in the beginning was the word and word was with God and the word was a God. I mean, that changes the whole picture. Got to be careful about but how we read that, how many know Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life? No one goes to the Father except through him. Amen? No one goes to the Father except through him. God's glory is revealed in Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Yeshua. That's right. That's Jesus in Hebrew, okay? Today, once again, the world needs a Savior. About 2,000 years ago, on that first Christmas morning, there were no lights, there were no cameras, there was no glitter, no ornaments, no fanfare, just simply the glory of God coming from heaven to earth, and the world would never be the same. That's what happened on that first Christmas morning. It was the glory of Christmas. Never forget that. Observation number two, God's grace is his never-ending gift to you. God's grace is his never-ending gift to you. Continuing in John chapter 1, we read in verse 16, Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace upon grace. Maybe you've heard that terminology. That's where it's coming from here in John chapter 1 verse 16. What does that mean? Uh, Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever heard the term that some people claim you can buy this Christmas gift and it's the gift that keeps on giving? Have you ever heard that term? Now, I don't know if there really is a gift that keeps on giving because toys break, clothes wear out, jewelry fades. Those cookies don't last very long, at least in my house. Those are not gifts that keep on giving. But this is an example of the gift that keeps on giving Because John is saying here in verse 16, hey, God has given you a gift that keeps on giving because he's given you his grace. And you know what? We need his grace every day. And God gives us his grace every day. See, some people think we uh, we just received God's grace the day we gave our heart to Jesus Christ. Amen? How many of you remember that day you gave your heart to him? You needed his grace. You needed a second chance. You needed forgiveness. And you got it. Amen? But don't we need it today? Or does it mean that just because, you know, 12 years ago I gave my heart to Jesus and I'm perfect. No, we're still not perfect. We still need forgiveness. We still stumble. We still fall. We still need God's grace today. 
We needed it then. We need it now. And God is saying through the scripture in John 1.16, it's grace upon grace. What does it mean? He keeps on giving. He keeps on giving. I need grace today. He gives it to me. I need grace tomorrow. He gives it to me. That's the kind of God we serve. We need his grace. Amen. We need his grace. Grace means that all of your mistakes now serve a purpose instead of serving shame. Here's a great life lesson. My story always reveals God's glory. My story always receives God's glory. And by the way, our, our, our digging deeper notes this week, we're going deeper with this concept of growing in grace. We have our digging deeper notes for connect groups and also for individual study. They're at our connect group. But I love this life lesson. My story always reveals God's glory. No matter what you've done or what you've been through, your story reveals God's glory. Everything you do reveals what God is doing. Observation number three, Jesus takes the glory of God's word to another level. Jesus takes the glory of God's word. Had had God revealed his glory in different places? Yes, we read a few examples of that. But now God's glory is revealed in God's Son. This is, wow, this is the ultimate way that God was revealing his glory to mankind. I use that terminology to another level. So now I want to read that same verse, verse 16 of John chapter 1, but I want to read it from the message version of the Bible. You kind of catch my drift of what I'm talking about here. It says, we all live off his generous bounty Gift after gift after gift. We got the basics from Moses, and then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus the Messiah. In other words, the foundation was established through the word of God, through the Torah. But then we then came Jesus, kind of put it all together, because This whole word of God, the Torah, the message, the Bible, is all about Jesus. And when Jesus came to fulfill the promise from the word of God, everything came together exactly the way God intended it to be. Are you getting the picture here? Jesus takes the glory of God to another level. That's why Paul says that this Jesus is God's indescribable gift. Because with this gift, not only comes the glory of God, but you get his truth and you get his grace. What a great gift. The son of God, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. I ran across this um, quote from R.C. Sproul that I loved, and it really, really registered in my mind. Let me give it to you. It says, the world is filled with God's glory You can't turn without bumping into it. (laughs) I like that. See, the world is filled with God's glory. We just don't always recognize it. We don't always recognize it. So as we think about this Christmas present that God has given us, his own son, the glory of Christmas, and in that, as we unwrap it, it is filled with grace and truth. It is so important for us to understand Can we look around and see what's happening this season? 
you know, for example, let me, uh, you know, Tuesday, let me know what Tuesday is. I mentioned this last week. It is the first day of Hanukkah. And what is Hanukkah? It's the season of miracles. And uh, did Jesus celebrate Hanukkah? Yeah. Read John chapter 10, verse 22. Jesus knew all about miracles. And when we celebrate Hanukkah today, whether we have Jewish blood or not, we are really inviting the miracle-working God into our lives. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, this that's the glory of God. And I started thinking, well, do we have a miracle coming Tuesday? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard is coming back to the Spurs lineup this Tuesday, huh? Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm going a little far-fetched there. Okay, I'm teasing him. But uh, anybody glad that Kawhi Leonard is coming back to the lineup this year? All right. <laughs> okay, I better get off track here, okay? Uh, <clears throat> but if you need a miracle, I tell you what. Uh, we are entering, and don't ever forget, we're entering the miracle season uh, that God wants us to have. But on, on a more serious note, what's happening around us, that the glory of God is all around us, we can hardly but bump into the glory of God if we recognize it. How about what happened just a few days ago? Our president said that the capital of Israel would be Jerusalem. Amen? <laughs> and some people say, wait a minute. <clears throat> Uh, uh, Pastor, don't get political. No, I'm not going to get political. I'm going to get biblical. Is that okay? I'm going to get. I'm going to get biblical because this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Israel is his his promised land for his people. Amen. The Jewish people are his people, and these are God's people. So we're talking about the Word of God and what God intended His people to be, and it's now finally being proclaimed in this world. Did it rile up the enemy? Yeah, it did. Did other people get upset? Yes. Do we need to pray for peace in Jerusalem? Oh, it's in the Bible. Yeah, pray for peace in Jerusalem. But aren't you glad that, you know, is God moving things? Yeah, and the glory of God is there, but sometimes we don't recognize it. Oh, and by the way, uh, could it be, uh, I've, I've kind of noticed that God does things every 50 years. Could this be this Jubilee year thing? Because actually 50 years ago, 1967, God did something very special to the nation of Israel. After the Six-Day War, God gave them favor, and they were uh, um, assigned military power there. All that happened after the Six-Day War exactly 50 years ago. Jubilee year, right? In fact, 100 years ago was the Balfour Amendment. I'm not going to get into all that detail, but is it by coincidence that God does things prophetically for the nation of Israel every 50 years. It's not, God doesn't do things by coincidence. Here we are in the year of Jubilee, and praise God for that. But uh, I just, I just re- rejoice. See, the glory of God is around us, but sometimes we just don't see it. We, just aren't, we don't recognize what God is doing around us. Let me give you another example. Last night, my wife and I, we, we took a Fiesta Texas date yesterday, and we went to, uh, what they call, they call it Holiday in the Park. We wanted to see a couple of shows, and, and some of you uh, know uh, Vinny and Cecilia Moore. Their daughter, Jennifer, was one of the, the featured actresses. In fact, she had the lead role in one of the, one of the, the Christmas um, uh, plays there, and uh, very well done. But what, uh, what I commented to my wife was, uh, in one of those called The Majesty of Christmas. Anybody seen that up here in Texas? Some of you have. It was, uh, it, and I was, I really enjoyed it. 
but they didn't back down in proclaiming to thousands of people in the audience, and they weren't in church. They didn't back down by saying, Jesus Christ, our Savior, is born. They didn't back down by singing Silent Night and Joy to the World. And they didn't back down by saying, and the angels of the Lord came, and the glory of God was around them. Because nowadays you hear the the message of Christmas watered down in our society in so many ways. They didn't back down, and I was thinking, wow. And I looked around, literally thousands of people in this room watching the same thing that I was, and I'm thinking, I would venture to say most of these people don't even go to church, but yet they're hearing the gospel message of salvation through this play at a theme park. And I was thinking, that's the glory of God, but some of us just don't recognize it. That's the, some people just don't recognize it. The glory of God is all around you. Can you think of ways that the glory of God is around you and maybe you don't recognize the glory of God? And uh, just not too long ago, Brenda and I were, were riding uh, uh, along uh, 1604. We're taking the U-turn, coming up towards Bandera. And literally about 40 feet ahead of us, there was a car that had a blown tire and was going literally out of control and missed us by about 40 feet. And uh, it, was, it was, I don't know, going maybe 100 miles an hour. And, of course, we would have been very, we would have been probably dead if we were just 40 feet ahead of where we were driving. And praise God, miraculously, the lady driving uh, was, uh, was, was okay, uh, miraculously, uh, because um, somehow she got cushioned in, in her, her crash. But uh, you start thinking, how many times do you realize that the glory is, of God is with you? Sometimes people say, oh, you were lucky. That's not luck. That's the glory of God. That's the presence of God. That's the favor of God because you are a child of God. Can we recognize the glory of God? Can we recognize the glory of God when it is with us? And sometimes it's the glory of God that, that kind of leads us in the right direction. I read a story about a man named Frank, and he was uh, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, and his buddies from years ago had asked him to go to this bar with him, and he realized that he didn't really need to go there. He shouldn't have been going. No, he shouldn't go there. He went ahead and went with them, and as he was there in this nightclub, he, he, he felt a heavy un, uh, heaviness in his heart that he was in the wrong place, and he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. Well, of course, now he's a born again. He used to go to those places, and as he was testifying, he realized that he he felt, he realized that the word glory from the Old Testament Hebrew literally means the weight of God's presence. And so he first thought it was heaviness. What it really was was the weight of God's presence. You see, even when you're doing something wrong, you know, if you feel conviction, it's the Holy Spirit in you saying, don't do that, don't go there, that's truth. But then Jesus says, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you the power to overcome. That's grace. And that's God's gift, truth and grace. Just like this young man was feeling the heaviness. He couldn't describe it. Well, what he was really describing, because he's a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, he was experiencing the glory of God. My friend, no matter where you are or what you were doing, if you are in relationship with the Lord, you can experience the glory of God. I experienced the glory of God 
on Wednesday morning about 11 o'clock. Happened to be with Josh Pettis sitting right over there. Josh just finished a two-year battle with cancer. And on Wednesday, he rang that bell. What does that mean? That bell means no more chemo treatments any longer. We had a celebration, right, Josh? Would you stand? No more cancer. Is God good, Josh? Amen. Did you want to say anything? I didn't even ask you. You want to say anything? All right. All glory to God, he says, all right? He, he testified to the nurses and all those that were there. He said, you know, he gave the glory to God. And they were, we were cheering him on. Uh, it was not an easy battle, right, Josh? But uh, how did it feel to ring that bell? Was it, it feel good? Felt good. You see, the glory of God is all around us. You see, you know, do bad things happen? Yeah, Josh had to go through a two-year battle with cancer. But yet, all in all, he now has the glory of God with him. Can we see the glory of God around us? That's the gift that God gives us, and it all began. It all began when God sent his son. I prayed with Bucky Buckner. Many of you know Bucky. She's back in the back taking care of the kids. It does an awesome job with the toddlers back there. And Bucky is the one on your right. Maybe uh, maybe you saw what she posted on Facebook that her dear friend, uh, Yeoto, I don't know if I pronounced that wrong, uh, right or wrong, uh, Gurla passed away yesterday. And Bucky was um, was sad. And I said, Bucky, you, you led her to the Lord, yes. You spent two years of your life discipling her through Chi Alpha, yes. Bucky was, was crying, but at the same time, I reminded her, God sent this young lady to you because God knew who she needed. Thank you, Bucky, for ministering to her. You discipled her, baptized her. Now she's in the presence of God. Now she's in the presence of God. And, and I stopped, and, and we prayed together this morning. And I just said, Lord, thank you for individuals like Bucky who are willing to say, yes, God. Yes, I will receive whoever you send my way so that I can disciple them. That same glory that you've given me, I want to now give to others. That same truth and grace that you've given me, God, I want to give it to others. Little do we know that that individual may be in the last year, the last month, the last week of their life, and they need someone who can share with them the glory of Jesus Christ and live it out for them. And who knows? And I ask you the question even right now, does God trust you enough to send someone into your life to disciple Someone who God says, I need someone to lead this person to a relationship with Jesus. Can he trust you with that? Or, 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 or it's maybe someone already knows the Lord. Uh, maybe they need discipleship. Maybe they need to grow spiritually. Whatever it is, can God trust you with that? Because if 
if you say yes, you know what you're doing? You're carrying the glory of God. You're taking the glory of God and you're passing it on to someone else. What I'm saying is the glory of God is all around you. It's all around me. All we got to do is recognize it. Maybe it's in the opportunities we have to share the love of God with someone else. That's the glory of God. Maybe it's in God's hedge of protection over us. Maybe it's in God's favor during this season of our lives. Somehow, some way, if you seek the glory of God, you will find the glory of God. The problem is so many people are negative today. They complain about the weather. They complain about the spurs. They complain about the cowboys. Well, you can complain about the cowboys, but they complain about practically everything around them. And then they wonder why they don't see the, the blessings of God. While they're there, they just don't see it. They're just being so negative. Do you realize that God has sent you his beautiful gift of his glory this Christmas? He's sending it to you, but do you recognize the presence of God? And once you recognize the glory of God, once you open up this package, this gift, I'm going to tell you right now, it's full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Amen. Can we give God some praise?